Welcome to Dropping In, a podcast of storytelling and interviews with your host, Winter Olympian Mercedes Nickel. Thank you so much for dropping in today. This is episode 97, series 11. If you can believe it, we are already there. I'm Mercedes Nickel, and you might be wondering what this series is all about if you're just joining, because you're just seeing me so far. Um, I've done seven, this will be my seventh episode of this series where I've asked ChatGBT, which is AI, artificial intelligence, to ask me questions about my career in snowboarding. Um, we have gone through a plethora of different topics. We've done early influences and beginnings in episode 90. Uh, 91 was mentorship and influence. 92 was training and preparation. 93 challenges and triumphs. 94 and 95 were my Olympic journeys, all four of them. And 96, which was just happened before this one, was life beyond snowboarding. And today we will be talking about advocacy and community engagement. Uh, if you don't know, I live in a small town of Whistler, British Columbia, Canada, and it's a pretty sweet community. It's gotten me through a lot. It's gotten me through um, a lot of injuries, a lot of challenges, so I am very happy to give back to this community. Just a reminder that these are questions that I've put into ChatGBT uh, to ask me. And why am I doing this? Because I haven't really just shared my story since episode one. Because we're getting close to 100 episodes, I thought this would be something fun for everyone. So I do start this series with the 10 rapid fire questions. Let's get started. Okay, most used emoji. What emoji do you find yourself using the most in your messages? Um, probably like the heart eyes, hearts, a lot of hearts. I don't know, I like to stay positive with people um, or like a laughing one. It's not very original, <laughs> but that's probably what's in my top ones right now. If my phone was near me, I would pull them up, but uh, it's not here right now. So, okay. Preferred learning format. Do you prefer learning through reading, watching videos, or hands-on experience? Uh, I'm a visual learner. I've learned that luckily early on. So like if I was trying to learn a snowboard trick, I'd be like, if someone tried to explain it to me, I'd be like, cool, cool, cool. Can you go do that? I don't understand what you're saying. Or like watch the video. Um, so yeah, I'm a very visual learner. Uh, I like to do things hands-on. I'm an old school snowboarder. I would go out and try it and try again and try again. And then I'd watch video and try and do it better because I could see what I was doing. Um, that was a good question. I'm interested to know what you guys are. Are you guys visual or do you like like the words coming at you? Um, <clears throat> dream skill to learn. If you could instantly acquire a new skill, what would it be? I think I said this before, but I wish I could sing. Like it's not a thing in my family. We can't sing. Um, I wish we could, but we cannot though. We try. And then we were like, okay, maybe don't do that. Uh, yeah. Dream skill, I guess singing. That's the only thing that can like pop into my head right now. Number four, favorite way to stay informed. How do you usually stay updated on current events and news? Um, <clears throat> now that I'm older, <laughs> I get like on my phone, I get all of the global news, the New York Times, um, all of those coming up um, as notifications on my phones, on my phone. I don't have multiple phones anymore on my phone. So I'll have the news updates as my notifications. I don't have social media updates on my phone 
because that would just drive me berserk. I love you all. I love you, but I just, I need to take time to not be on social media. And that's my own thing for my mental health. So, um, that's how I stay informed about the news. And, um, if I want to stay informed about the stupid news, um, like what's happening in the world of actors and actresses and people that I really don't care about, um, like the Kardashians, which I don't follow. Um, then I go on to Snapchat and watch the Daily Mail just to catch up on that garbage, which I know is terrible for me, but <clears throat> whatever. I am, I, that's how I stay informed. Okay. Most used phone app. Okay. This is like a, uh, not really a New Year's resolution for me, but uh, okay. So ChatGPT is asking which app on your phone do you find yourself using most frequently? <clears throat> it would probably normally be one of the social media websites, um, like on, on apps, um, like Instagram or Snapchat. Um, but now I, you know, on your like iPhone where you can see which, how many hours or minutes you've been on a certain app. Now that I'm doing my Kira app, which is my fitness app, um, that's winning, which I think is great. Uh, that makes me really happy. So I kind of want to keep that going and we'll see how long it goes. Obviously, it's the new year and uh, new me, but no, not new me, just trying to be better. So right now it's the Kira app, which is pretty awesome. I like to stay active for my mental health, everyone. Uh, number six, ultimate relaxation activity. When you want to unwind, what's your go-to relaxation activity? That's a good question. Oh, lately, since I went to Fiji, I would say snorkeling. Like that's like meditation in its own entity. I wish I could say meditation, but let's get real. I don't do that. So like I'll probably just put on like Prime or Netflix and just kind of zone out. But I'm again, I'm a multitasker, so I'm really not good at relaxing. But I think swimming. I'd say swimming. Okay. Number seven. Dream vehicle upgrade. If you can upgrade your mode of transport to anything you want, what would it be? Um, I think I said this in the last one. I think I don't think it's environmentally friendly, but the Defender. I'm. I think that's a great vehicle. But <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, number eight, favorite childhood book. What's your favorite book as a child, and do you still enjoy it? First, that came to mind was Peter Rabbit. Because of those little tiny little books. And then I'm thinking Winnie the Pooh. So like both of those I can't choose. Favorite type of dessert? More of a cake, ice cream, or pie person when it comes to dessert. Well, there's so much more than cake, ice cream, and pie. Um, if I had to choose, well, I don't, I'm lactose intolerant. So the pie, the ice cream is off, off the uh, – no, thank you. Sometimes pies are a little too sweet for me. I think I'd go with cake. But I don't think I'd feel very good after it. But I'll eat it. <laughs> 10 current favorite okay number 10 current favorite podcast um do you have a go-to podcast that you're currently enjoying um if I want to fix I'll try and like just google I always want to learn more about health and like how I can be healthier so I'll just like ask I'm not gonna say it loudly because he's on but I'll ask google um for some healthy podcasts uh and there are some great doctors out there that do have some great podcasts and then if I find someone on Dak Shepard's podcast, I really enjoy that one. And I've always said I love Under the Influence with um, Terry O'Reilly from CBC. 
I think like learning marketing from him is just amazing. I should actually listen to that again. He's a guru. <laughs> All right. That was the rapid fire 10 questions. Never rapid, but again, I think you learned a little bit more about me. Um, all right, so this series is all about advocacy and community engagement. Um, two of the things that just didn't really fall into my plate, but opportunities arouse, and uh, and now I have a platform for those things, which is awesome. So, passion for advocacy. Your involvement in advocacy work is notable. Oh, thanks, ChatGPT. I don't even know how you know that. What specific causes or issues are you most passionate about and why? Well, um, firstly, it's uh, mental health. Definitely passionate about sharing my story on that to let people know that they're not alone. Um, lots of uh, – in that last episode, I kind of touched on a bunch of videos that I've done promotional-wise um, that have gone um, – nationwide uh, as well as worldwide. And uh, and then also my passion for giving back to sport in uh, Canada and as well as worldwide, um, having helped at the Youth Olympic Games and sitting on the Canadian Olympic Committee Athletes Commission, um, as well as still being athlete representative for Canada Snowboard and chairing the Athletes Council. Um, those are two things I'm really, really passionate about. I'm not belittling other things that I say yes to um, and help out here and there, but those are, I mean, I can't say yes to everything. So, so those ones are, are, are what I'm really, really passionate about. Um, community connection. Oh, sorry. Community connection. I need to enunciate here. How do you connect with the local and global communities throughout your advocacy efforts? Can you share some experiences that have strengthened, strengthened this connection? Yeah. Um, I was approached by the Canadian Olympic Committee um, after my recovery from the Sochi um, crash, and they wanted to do uh, a video with me for the Bell Let's Talk Day. And I've shared this story before, but I, I never get sick of it because I said, yes, obviously, like, yes, I will share my story. Like there's no, not an inkling of thought of me not sharing this story of like how dark things got and how art helped me through getting that pain out onto a canvas and, and just being lonely and, and depressed and not knowing I was depressed and getting that out, um, worldwide uh, was a no, no brainer for me. Like get that out there. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. I want to go to the next Olympics. Let's do this. Um, there's, there's, I don't know what it is. Like I didn't care. I just was happy to share my story so that others could understand what I was going through, but also let them know that, that no one's perfect. And that maybe if someone was feeling the way I felt, then, it would give them validity to to make a better choice in their life, to set a small goal to get better and feel better or do something about it. Um, so that video came out and there was um, myself and another athlete. And the other athlete um, was a friend of mine, is a friend of mine. And he talked about um, his battle with bipolar. And I hit him up and I said, dude, that is so gutsy. And I am so proud of you for sharing that. Um, I, like, I'm in awe of you. And he's like, well, you 
same to you. Like you shared something. And I was like, I don't know why his seemed different than mine. And it it shouldn't on any matter. And now when I reflect back on it, I'm like, oh yeah, like we we both kind of broke this ceiling of being vulnerable athletes. It was the first of its kind of these athlete videos, which now it's amazing to see so many other athletes sharing their stories. Um, my guest, Georgia Simmerling, shared her story. And throughout the years, more and more athletes are sharing their stories. And I'm so proud to have been part of the beginning of it to kind of break down that barrier. Um even though for me it was really nothing. I was like, yes, I want to share this story because I'm not okay. So other people aren't okay. So let's like talk about this. Um, and obviously you can tell in my voice I'm passionate about it because it's a freaking roller coaster of life. I always say that. There's ups and downs. And I had a friend the other day that wasn't feeling great. Um, and I said, look, like feel those feels because you're you're not gonna understand what happiness is until you feel those dark rooted feelings or cry it out or anything like that because happiness will not be happy when you don't know what awful is. So um, yeah, I was really, really proud of him. And then he gave me this opportunity to also be proud of myself. And then to see the next generation of athletes sharing just like almost brings like a tear to my eye when I saw it at first. I was just like, oh, this is like, it's like a domino effect of awesomeness. Um, And it's awesome and awful because like, it's not awful. I shouldn't say it's not awful. Like, it's not the happiest things we're sharing. Um, That's what he meant with awful. It's like just learning that athletes, yes, we are role models. We do have this platform, but letting the outside world know like, it's okay to not be okay because we're not always okay. You see us on the TV for like a split second and you think, oh, like look at that smile. Like she's happy all the time and, and everything like that. And what people are going on, what are happening behind like the scenes, you have no idea. And uh, and to break that down and to share that with everyone I think is is very um, touching and very vulnerable for, for us to share, uh, even if we didn't think of it in the time. You know what I mean? Uh, impactful initiatives. Highlight one or two initiatives you've been part of that had particular meaningful impact on communities you engage with. This is interesting. I did talk about a couple that I did that were kind of nationwide um, with Jack.org as well as what I just talked about with the Canadian Olympic Committee and Bell Let's Talk. But in the community um, last year, so we're in 2024 right now, and it's January, and uh, last year, 2023 January, I was not in a good place. I was really depressed. I was super sad. Um, some things happened in my personal life that were not great, but you know what? Like I just said, if I didn't have those down moments, the happy moments, like I'm happy right now, and and I'm grateful for that feeling. So I'm glad I went through the crappy stuff to make it. To where I am right now, and I know it'll all happen again, but that's okay. So last year in January, um, I was asked to speak at this new initiative that happens in Whistler. It's called the Night Walk, and the Whistler Community Services puts it on. And they know that I'm an advocate for mental health, and this was kind of a full mental health walk. And it's at the end of January, and I almost choked up just sharing my story because I was just like, you know what? It's dark outside, like. 
it it's it's January in Canada and it is dark at five four o'clock at night. Um, and we're about to do this walk, and there's so many warm-hearted, wonderful people raising funds for our our community um, at this event. And here I am being like, I'm depressed, but that's okay. Like, <laughs> you know, it's just the way it goes. So that event um, really just opened my eyes up to how, again, I can volunteer my time and touch so many hearts and let them know where everyone is at, where I'm at. And again, know that it's okay to not be okay at every step of life. Um, so that was the the night walk, which was a huge initiative that I'll be taking part in again this year, um, the end of January in Whistler. I'm really excited about that one. Um, another initiative, what else can I think about um, that I've given back to? I do, in my community, I do get stoked when the teachers ask me to come talk to their kids in school, even if just in their classroom and I get to share my story. That's something I'm very okay with um, with donating my time, but I only do that in my community. And then I also get to share my community um, at private schools in the city, which I think is super fun as well. Um, utilizing your platform as an athlete, a public figure, how do you leverage your platform to raise awareness for the causes you believe in? Well, a lot of the time I'm just sharing my journey, my story, and within that comes my battle with mental health. So it goes hand in hand and and um, if people want to hear my story, I mean, I can't share that I've been to four Olympics without talking about my crash and talking about how I couldn't walk or talk or write my own name after. So that kind of gets people intrigued. And then I send them over to my TED Talk or they hire me for a speaking engagement. Uh, and then I am able to remind people that if they're going through something, it's okay. There is help there out there. Um, and uh, hopefully it just gets people thinking a little bit more. So hopefully I use my platform for for good and, and everyone sees that. But that's just me. That's just who I am. I think I got that from my mom. She volunteers a lot and, uh, and she's a very kind person with her time. So I've always got time to, to share. Environmental stewardship. With the increasing focus on environmental issues, how do you incorporate environmental stewardship into your advocacy work, especially considering Snowboard's connection to nature? Okay, this is an interesting one because I haven't – I love POW protect our winters. I am not an ambassador for them, mostly because I don't have time to be on everything and do everything. As I said earlier, I talk about mental health and athlete advocacy, and that takes a lot of my time and energy, uh, even though I said I always have time to share. But those are the things I want to share about. When it comes to the environment, I'm very cognizant of what's happening out there. I do stay um, – in touch with what the news is and what POW is doing. And there are some really great advocates out there. Freaking Elena Height, one of my good friends, so proud of her to be part of the program, going to Parliament Hill, just lobbying for everything that's happening. Um, yeah. So I, I have, I have their back if they need it, but I'm just, uh, I had to put my energy into things that I'm fully, fully passionate about and had time for as well. Collaboration and partnership. Collaboration is often key in advocacy. Can you share instances where collaborating with others or forming partnerships enhance your effectiveness? 
for your advocacy initiatives. Yes. So in the last episode, um, any and this episode, I talked about the Canadian Olympic Committee and Bell Let's Talk. So that was a nationwide video that went around. Uh, you can find that on my website, mercedesnickel.com. And then also I partnered with jack.org, which I talked about in the last episode. But if you haven't heard, listened to that one, then I will share here. We did a video and then um, did some fundraising for them. And jack.org is a mental health initiative um, out of Toronto. Um, a really great family whose son took his own life and they just are raising lots of funds to help people in need and also share their stories. So I've worked with them in doing the fundraiser as well as speaking uh, in Vancouver uh, with a lot of firefighters, sharing my story there. Um, yeah, it's collaboration I think is really, really important. I mean, the more people the meet that I meet, the more people I get to share my story with, uh, the, the better I feel and, and those touch points with like just even one-on-one, if I can make one person understand that they're, they're okay and we're going to get through this, um, then it makes my day. Youth empowerment. Advocacy often involves empowering the next generation. Do you engage with and empower youth in your community through your advocacy work? I do because I have to talk to the next generation of athletes a lot to see where they're at. And then, like I said, if I go into the schools, elementary or high schools in Whistler or um, down in the city, if they hire me for speaking engagements, then that's what I do. I, I love it and I know that they're really important in our lives. So I do get to. Um, hang out with the youth every now and then. Inclusivity and diversity. In advocating for certain causes, how do you ensure inclusivity and diversity are considered? Share your perspective on making advocacy efforts accessible to a broad audience. Well, I mean, here I am. Uh, This podcast is on all podcast networks. Anyone can listen to it uh, on Shaw TV. So anyone can watch it on YouTube. Anyone can watch it. That's a platform that I have. And uh, that can go to anyone and everyone. Um, Also, just being cognizant of the world now and having different people on as guests. I think that that makes it a little bit more diverse and interesting for other people. If you're sick of me in this series, um, don't worry, I will have guests on again. Um, but yeah, I do like to have a broad audience and I just pulled out a, um, some stats of where people are listening and uh, a lot in Canada, obviously, some in the States, some in Mexico. I've got China, Australia, Germany, Italy, the UK. Um, yeah, all over the world. So that's really cool. And I appreciate that. So thank you so much for listening and watching. Okay, local versus global. Do you find your advocacy work has more immediate impact on local communities or broader influence on a global scale? How do you navigate this balance? I could not tell you. Um, even though I just told you the global map of where everyone's listening for this podcast, I, I personally, like, unless someone writes me a comment or tells me what they're thinking. I don't really like know (laughs) how far my reach is right now. I mean, I could tell you in numbers for social media, but um, I don't know. You let me know. Global, local versus global. Local, I mean, I can walk around town and say hi to a lot of people, uh, which I really love because I have such a great community here. But globally, um, I think people also know my name. So that's kind of cool. Measuring success. Advocacy can be a long-term commitment. How do you measure success in your advocacy work? And what milestones or achievements are you most proud of? 
Um, I'm really, really proud of the videos that are out there to share um, about mental health. And I'm really proud of this podcast as well. But I'm really also proud of sticking to it, being um, the athlete representative for um, coming on eight years now and getting a gauge on helping national sports organizations to be better in Canada. Uh, And how do I measure that? Well, I've already seen Canada Snowboard communicating much better with the athletes than they did when I was around. So um, I can see it. I can see it all happening. It's slow like molasses, but it's getting better. And uh, hopefully it'll keep going that way. Encouraging community involvement. For those inspired by your advocacy efforts, how do you encourage individuals to get involved in their own communities or support similar causes? Don't be afraid to say yes. Don't be afraid to get out of your comfort zone with something that maybe you're not like familiar with. Me with this podcast four years ago. Um, And just that's the only way you're going to grow. And that's the only way that you're going to get involved. Um, Just dipping your toe in talking to people, having those conversations, like being bold and being like, hey, I want to get to know you. Let's have a coffee. Let's see how things can progress and maybe make a partnership or just get knowledge from people that have been there before. Continued commitment. As you transition through different phases of your life, how do you envision maintaining a strong commitment to advocacy and community engagement? I mean, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing and learning more and sharing more and hopefully people still value my opinion. Um, and, uh, yeah, just be kind and nice and get to know everyone. So, I mean, it's a weird, wild world out there. And I think taking the time to reflect and then setting new intentions and goals is, is important, but also being around great people and surrounding yourself with people that make you want to be better is really important. That's it, guys. That is advocacy and community engagement. I hope you learned a little bit more about me. I don't always share everything I do in the background because it takes a lot of my time being on these boards and committees, Um, but it's all volunteer and I really, really love it and just trying to make things better um, for everyone in the world there, at least in the world of sport. So This was episode 97. Thank you so much for dropping in. If you want to find out more about dropping in, head over to the website, Dropping In with Mercedes. Hit up the Cryer Media website at cryer.co. You can find my blog there as well. If you want to write me, hit me up on Instagram and Facebook at Dropping In with Mercedes. You can also find me on Twitter at Mercedes Nickel, N-I-C-O-L-L. Thank you, thank you, thank you for dropping in. The next episode will be episode 98, which is the future of snowboarding, which I'm a little nervous about because I don't know where that series is going to go. I don't know what chat GPT is going to ask me. So stay tuned for that one. For now, have a great day. Thanks so much for dropping in today. You can find everything you want to know about dropping in with Mercedes at droppinginwithmercedes.com. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. Thanks DJ Kenosis for the music and my mom for the intro voice.
Hi, I'm Emily Roger, and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host, Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundal from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.